This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist, John J.P. Parker, are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, we are continuing our series on building your own table. Oftentimes, as we've said it before, people feel as if they have to beg for seats. They have to sit at someone else's table. They have to sit at the feet of the master. We find ourselves looking to others or looking to some source higher than ourselves that isn't the most high in order to find validation or to feel worthy or to feel accepted. So yeah, BJ, jump in there, man, and and, and give us that 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 pregame game that you like to spit. Thank you. I love that pregame game. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I think that part of the reason why we're having this conversation uh, about building tables is it's so easy to feel trapped in your very specific situation and to believe that, you know, the only thing that you can do is critique and deflect the issue because you see so many wrongs with maybe an institution or whatnot. And, and I, I said this kind of pre-show, you know, is very similar to, you know, what happens with race and, you know, reparations. Mm-hmm, um, if, mm-hmm. if you're listening and you're thinking about getting that vote, make sure y'all send us those reparations yeah. because we need them. Yeah. All right. Interest. Um, interest. No interest. I, I'll, I'll let you slide with the interest. You know what I mean? With no interest. Yeah, no interest. With no interest. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I was saying about it is that you begin to view yourself with no options because of, you know, wrong, or maybe the season has run out. And so what we want to do during this series is help you see you do have options. Mm-hmm. Um, and your options are more than just to complain and to deflect fault and responsibility, but you can then become a participant and create the thing that you necessarily need in this next season. So mm-hmm. did I do that definition justice at all? Great justice, sir. Thank you. You Thank are, you, sir. You are the justice of you. You're like the. Um, what do you <laughs> I'm want? I'm the hostess of the most. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know uh-huh. what I mean. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Yeah. Who's you, the fairest of them all? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you're the chaplain. I'm the. I don't know. I was trying to have another cool word, but anyway, you're the boss, man. Go ahead. All right. Cool. So, in the way of playing myself, as I do often with these opening monologues. Um, BJ encouraged me to share another story with the people <laughs> um, because my my heart is is heavy um, and my soul needs rest. So right. you know, I currently find myself in a situation in which the place of worship that I gather at on a Sunday is found in a neighborhood, an area that doesn't quite match the leadership and or the. Mm, 
culture. Yeah, that's that good word. Culture uh, of the people of the community. So the culture of the church, the culture of the institution itself, the culture of the overall organization doesn't match the culture of the participants, right? The neighborhood that it's in. And so I was having a conversation with someone uh, who's been there for a while um, that enjoys being there. And I was having all these compelling arguments about inclusivity uh, and, you know, uh, representation matters. And I'm in Africa and I didn't come to Africa to see people that aren't African being, you know, celebrated in these circles and, and brought on stage mm. and put on the videos and blah, blah, blah. And the person simply said to me, it was like, hey, um, we go to a blank type of church um, <laughs> that is that is uh, headed and, and led up by blank type of people. That's uh, right. <laughs> and what are we confused about? People are volunteering to come here. Um, this is where they come on Sundays and they need to be active and they need to, they need to serve and they need to, and cause the whole conversation was, I was like, the person was like, you know, people don't serve. They don't, they don't come and they don't help out. And I was like, well, maybe they don't feel included. Maybe they don't feel like this is a place for them. And then mm. when she said that, I was like, man, you just changed my life. Like you are absolutely right. People are volunteering to come here. This is where they decided that they want to be on a Sunday morning for the gathering. If they don't see themselves represented in leadership and on the slides and the news and everything else, that's a choice that they're making. So, yeah, maybe they should be active. But even more than that, it, 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 it just sparks something in my mind. It's like, oh, I'm saying that they need to be begging for, in, for inclusion, begging for representation. When, in, in, in fact, if that's where they want to be, let them be. But I just know Ooh. for me and mine. I'm not going to be begging for seats anymore. You know what I'm saying? I am not going to be in places, religious institutions, whatever the case may be, where I feel like I'm not wanted, where I feel like I'm not represented, where I feel like the 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 gospel message and presentation doesn't quite match reality. You know what I mean? Not saying that this particular place does that, but I'm just saying like, yo, like I've spent so much of my life and so much of my time, especially in Christian circles, trying to prove my worth and my value and, and changing which every way, all right, I'm reformed this week. All right, cool. Oh, I'm this this week. All right, cool. I'm that that this week. Okay, cool. What are the cool kids doing? And I'm like, bruh, like, no, this ain't me. This ain't what I'm trying to do. This ain't what I'm about. And I just have to let that go, bro. Like I, that that conversation just like changed my life. You know what I'm saying? And so hmm. I'm sorry I didn't bring you the 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 joy and laughter that I like to bring in the opening monologue. But the reality of like the situation is is it's time to not beg for seats anymore. Yeah, no, I, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, it's it's funny because. You know, you you said the woman said, "You here right now? What do you expect?" Right? So there's some humor to be found, Jay. You don't, don't don't minimize the fact that you bring humor. Oh, okay. Even in tragedy, bro. Oh, like, okay. listen, you sold rims on a sea dock. Uh, there's all kinds of humor <laughs> to be found in your stories. You know, I, yeah. I, I think you know when I look at it and you're asking, what are those moments where I just sat at the table where I didn't feel welcome? I think for me, you know, we're talking about specifically faith and tables. You know, I have had a lot of experiences in terms of my faith, you know, radically transformed uh, by Yeshua, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really just believing like, man, I'm, I'm different. Something happened to me. I woke up one day and I was different and got involved with a, you know, group of people who are very different than what I had always known. And I fell in love with it. I, I thought that a lot of the things were earnest. They were sincere. People were well-informed for what they knew. Yeah. And I and I loved being a part of it. And I think there's a point where I just kind of hit a wall. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I realized that the wall wasn't the them, it was me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to say, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. here I am, giddy, excited about what's happening. And one day I'm not excited, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> my table moment, of I, like leaving moment was like realizing something in my life has shifted Mm. that isn't leading me back to this group. Mm. And because it was all that I knew, now I I experienced what's called displacement, right? And so when I think about it, you know, I think about the table. Sometimes it's not that the people that you love, especially in the area of faith, have done something wrong or illegal or heinous. It's just that you have changed in a very particular way Mm. that it no longer makes sense for you to be there with the same sort of adamancy that you once did. JP, talk to us about a moment, maybe a table moment where you tried to beg for change um, and realize like, oh, this is like a waste of time. Okay. Um, (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, okay. So this one is... I'm just trying to. It, I'm trying to. A lot of my, bro, listen. Go ahead. Just, just take it slow. Take it slow. Just trying to capture it in a way that just even just makes sense, right? Like, so in my in my cult church days, um, and okay. I just, and I just sure. Everybody, bro. Somebody mentioned it the other day. No, like they didn't. They, they all, yes, they did. Bro, listen on Twitter. You gonna get somebody, somebody beat mentioned. up, bro? You gonna get hey, bro, hey that little no, bitch thing is in, in the in the podcast. That ain't for real life. No, somebody no, sees no, me, no. call me little bitch. We gonna fight, bro. No lie, bro. Listen, they will. So listen, <laughs> I was asking what were the greatest moments from the podcast, uh-huh. and somebody hit LOL, Little Bishop, <laughs> in quote, bro. <laughs> no joke. I'm being dead serious, bro. I'm dead serious, bro. So go ahead. I got kids in the bro. I'm a, I'm a grown man. You ain't going to be out here. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, bro. So share enough of your pain here. Go but ahead. I'm just hoping I'm right, bro, because I don't want to have to stand before the Lord one day and then be like, "Yo, all that, all that cult stuff." I'm like, no, you was a the problem. They was all right. And then I'm like, oh, all this slander I've done, <laughs> all this slander I've done for all this time trying to heal the people, and I was wrong. Um, but so cult days, right? So there was a point in time where uh, the head man had Massa. Uh, Massa. Left, he he left he left he left the plantation for a while, right? <laughs> and and I, I say this. Tongue in cheek, the, the person wasn't white, so it wasn't massive. Bishop <laughs> wasn't, wasn't massive. Go, right. go ahead. So let's not go there. But uh, it was a point in time where the, the head man left. Uh, he had some things that he had to take care of. And the church. <laughs> yes, the head of some business. He had to handle business. <laughs> so the church was left in the hands of some elders and deacons and young people like myself or whatever. Um, so we decided that, you know what would be a great idea? Something that we don't do as a church, quote unquote. Let's reach out to the neighborhood. Let's reach out to the people that are, that are closest to us, right? And invite them to church and do things that brings in the community, right? So we did things like have uh, clothes giveaways, like in the church parking lot, um, so people can come, can get warm clothes for the wintertime. Uh, we, you know, just did a whole bunch of things that were inclusive of community, and people saw that we actually were people that were concerned about others and wanted to invite them in and wanted to break bread with them and live life with them and do these things that they did, like in the book of Acts. Like, imagine that, right? Like, like. Who does that, right? Um, mm. And so the church started booming. We had all these people that, like, because most of the people that even came to the church were like commuters. Like, they were coming from 20, 30, 40 minutes out because they had always been at this place. And even though they moved away, they still felt compelled to kind of worship in this, in this, at this church or whatever. 
And so we finally started getting people from the community coming in. You know, people were just like, like, yo, like, what's going on? How long y'all been here? About 100 years. Man, I never even noticed this place or knew that people cared about us. All right, cool. So then when the head man gets back, he sees all the stuff going on. What happened? What happened? Go ahead. I'm just laughing. You said Uh, when the head man got back and he saw that all that y'all had done, what did Uh he do? Shut it all down, bruh. He said that he wants this church. This church is going to grow by signs and wonders, not by social outreach. And I wow. was just like, like people are going to get healed and demons are going to get cast out and, and you know what I'm saying? All of that type of stuff. And I was just like, oh, it finally sunk in. This dude might be crazy. No, I this, I, what, I, what I thought to myself was like, hey, I, I don't think there's an understanding of how this thing works here. And I don't think Headman is, is really the type of person or the leader that understand the significance of the growth and the development that had taken place doing these social things. You know what I'm saying? And so at that point, I was like, yo, like all of these things that I'm trying to institute, all of these things that I'm trying to do for the community, all of these things that I'm trying to grow and make disciples and 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 pour into people and actually do things that were meaningful outside mm. of like, you know, putting my life on the line at 4 a.m., you know, witnessing the people in the, you know, selling dope. Um, that was fun, but I figured this was a safer way to enter to the community. Um, and I just realized like, hey man, like this is, this is above his head. Like this, what we're doing right now is above his comprehension level. And he's stuck in thinking that this is the way in which things are going to be done. And since those, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he was, that, that was, that's where he was. That was his mantra. That was, that's what, how he thought things should be. And so once I realized that, man, that was kind of one of the icing on the cake moments. Like he was literally gone for like two years or something like that. Right. Like he was not actively a part of what we had going on for like a year or two. I, hold, I hold on, wait, y'all were doing, y'all were redoing the, the church for two years. Something like that. I feel like it might, I mean, it might've been shorter, but it was at least a year, you know what I'm saying? A, a year wow. to two. And we was rolling, bro, and things were happening. And as soon as he comes in, and it's funny because there was somebody like, check this analogy. They said they had a dream. The dream was there was a father that had sons, right? He went off to kind of go take care of business in town. And while he was gone, the sons kind of switched everything up, right? They were the type of dudes who like, yo, dad got us out here with a mule and, you know, uh, uh, oxen. And, you know, we out here like digging stuff up with our hands. Let's modernize this thing. Let's, 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 you know, kind of, kind of make this thing fancy. So they went out and bought tractors. They got modern equipment. They did all of these different things. And when the dad came back, he was like, man, what are y'all doing? And made him go back to one horse, one oxen, one cow, you know, and, and this, a guy at our church had that dream before the head man came back. And lo and behold, when that dude came back. Master, no, call him master. Master, <laughs> when master came back, he was all this electronics and all this fancy doodads. And he, he, he wasn't having it. And it's just like, man. Yeah, like, Right. You know what I mean? So it was like sign after sign after sign. And I think once dude told me that dream and once it came true, when he got back, once I saw the stuff in the way that things were going, I realized like, man, like this wasn't on some whole like, you know, we need more black representation. It was just more so like, yo, there's a better way and things that we can do. And I'm, mm. I think God is giving me creative ways to engage and to reach the people and to, to, to be a better community liaison for, for the Lord. And it just, it just, it just all sunk in. Like, bro, I was trying to impress this dude. I was trying to come up with creative ways to see, look what I've done since you've been gone. Um, I used my, my 10 talents and now we've got 50. And he was like, nah, bro. And I was crushed and I was rocked. And I was like, man, like this, this can't be it. And so I think that was another, yet another clue, yet another moment, yet another time. Just another clue, just another clue that things needed to change. Yeah, bro.
Yeah, I think uh, what, this is the difficulty is that, you know, there's a lot of recent conversation, a reevaluation, man. You know, we always talk about what you would have done in the 60s. Yeah. I tell people what is, if you're not doing it now, you wouldn't have done it in the 60s. <laughs> right. So just close your mouth. Right. Right. So listen, mm-hmm. if you're not resisting power now and making a ruckus and creating change, you wouldn't have done it then. So just stop talking. Right. In a very polite way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think what happens, what's happening now is that people are reevaluating everything. Yeah. Right. We've been forced. Like there's a generation that can't hold power the way that it has in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we're forced to ask now who's the leader? What's right? What's wrong? What's moral? What's ethical? And what is the ways? And why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. And I think in 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 an attempt to um, try to preserve good, um, I think some of us have somewhat we we don't speak about bias. We don't talk about the issues. Uh, and what I would say is, this is not a bashing of church culture or faith culture, right? Because you know, what that would entail is this all-out assault on all that which is good and the orphanages and the love and the people paying rent and all those different things. Yeah, yeah. I think what we're saying more than anything, though, is like we are, because we love the faith and love the church, we should be concerned about its integrity. And, you know, when you when you no longer are able to talk about something's integrity— now you have opened a door for a lot of hypocrisy, um, a lot of duality, a lot of things that undermine the very core of that which you say you believe. And so I think, you know, I want to pin that moment somewhat because I think that's what people hear when you when you share stories and I share stories. What we're ultimately saying is we want it to be better. We want it to be the thing that it's presenting itself to be. And so we talk about building tables Building tables somewhat has to do with the necessary reform that's needed to occur that has, right? Yeah, yeah. And part of that reform has to do with a shift of power and mindset that relinquish. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So... Whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. You know, one of my aha moments of needing to build a table is this sneaky culture of control, mass, and concern. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you ready for this? I'm with you. You ready for this? I'm excited. You still excited for uh-huh. this, right? Hold my mule. Yes, I'm... Mm-hmm. Hold my mule. Oh, watch this. 
You know, some of us come from cultures or experiences that have lacked a lot of discipline and a lot of moral restraint. And so what happens is you come into a faith community and they have moral boundaries in ways you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Homeschools and all kinds of stuff. Like, you're like, wow, this is crazy. Like, I never knew this existed, right? Yeah. And so what happens is you end up just kind of submitting yourself to these things with no question because they're well spelt out and they're well thought out, right? Like, I don't know if you've, you know, for those of you who are listening, who have been a part of certain theological traditions, they are not just kind of easy believism. Yeah, yeah. They're very complex doctrines that have revolve around a lot of like man hours and seminaries and just, there's a lot of discipline involved in those things. And so I think what we take, you know, it's called the doctrine of infallibility. That scripture is infallible, that it can't be wrong. It is true, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking mm-hmm. about the Torah. We're talking about the 66 books with the prophets and just the whole nine. I think we, because we hear that the scriptures are infallible, we believe that the people teaching are, are also infallible. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you get to a place where you see hypocrisy. You see... Uh, a lack of attention to certain things. You see particular things. And so you raise your voice and you say, hey, is that right or is that wrong? And because we have given ourselves over to, you know, uh, moral authority based off of a desire to just be right, we also then find ourselves not being able to authentically speak Mm. where there is a moral lapse, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what happens with, and and again, this is just me spelling it out because I do that and I do this for a living and I love, I I work with a lot of these people. Mm. What used to be concern for you in some way becomes control. Here's what I mean. Mm. This is what we're talking about building the table. (laughs) The control shows itself in this. You can never think anything for yourself, Mm. right? We want to add new people, not new perspectives. Okay. Let me back up again. Okay, run that back. We want to add new people, but we don't want to bring new perspectives. And I don't mean perspectives that undermine the fundamental things. I'm saying perspectives that add a fuller color to the faith. And so, again, what happens is it sounds like, you know, concern. Oh, I'm so concerned. I'm so concerned. I'm so concerned. But then when you start saying, hey... I feel this deep passion to move away. I feel the deep passion to step outside of this. You're met with so much warning. You're you're met with so many things. Hey, I'm listening to this person that is not recognized as this quote-unquote figure in our tribe or in our camp, right? Oh, that person is dangerous and all these different things. This is what you realize, that what was once Concern, a genuine concern, is now become a form of control, mm, right? Mm-hmm. I have this quote that I say, any camp that villainizes and demonizes everyone who leaves is nothing more than a cult. True. Facts. Okay? No lies detected. No lies detected to it. Because here's the thing. None of us have the capacity to say, that the totality of anybody outside of what we're doing, even, listen, even within a faith context, 
are completely invalid, shouldn't be listened to in a whole nine. So what what I what I think about the building table, just to stick to topic, is that you know you need to build a new table when you can no longer grow outside of the existing table that you're a part of. Mm-hmm. That yeah. you're not permitted to grow outside of that. That if it doesn't come from the handful, y'all remember the um Children of the Corn? Do you remember this movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my man Malachi, who was like the leader of it all. Do you remember this? I do. Bro, it's, listen, if you're you listening, you're like, yo, what is the children of the corn? Look it up. If it didn't come from Malachi, it was not true. Right. Right? I think oftentimes we can exist in these particular sects of faith communities. And if it doesn't come from said people, then it's not as valid. And what I would say is, why would the divine creator create 7 billion people to occupy a planet and only five have the real truth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only five really have a divine insight. Only five know, you know, what's going on and that anything they say is exclusively the thing. I think that's time to build a new table. JP, what are some signs it may be time to build a new table in your life? Yeah, um, the unfortunate piece for... Um, the faith that we proclaim is that it's been set up in such a way um, that we accept and believe and run with the idea that we are to sit at a table. So that's the first part. We, we, we have been designed to believe that the way that God has designed things is that you need to hear from someone outside of God himself in order Good. to be fed, to be whole, to be new, to live a better life. And so I think the first thing, the first place we have to start is, is understanding that one has to have a relationship with the creator, with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit for themselves, right? From that relationship, we ask for wisdom. We ask for knowledge. We ask for understanding. And then we get into a community that's going to allow that, those gifts that we have to flourish and grow. So the signs and answering your question that we are either sitting at or, or desiring a seat or need to build a new table, I think one is that you aren't allowed in, in the, the environment that you find yourself in, you aren't allowed to think or speak or uh, talk uh, authoritatively on your own. Um, hmm. Does that, does that make what sense? What do you mean by that? Okay. What do you mean by that? Go ahead. So, what do you mean by that? And I don't mean authoritatively like you get to just tell people what to do. What I'm saying is if you're in an environment in which you aren't thought to be wise enough or intelligent enough or understanding enough to be able to discern and rightfully divide the word for yourself, that's a problem. Um, yeah, right? No, is that is that fair to say? Oh, no, it's, go ahead. Okay, go, right. Continue on, right. carry on. Um, and the, the reason that I find that to be problematic is that it sets things up for you to continue to have to be fed by somebody and to never grow for yourself, right? To never speak for yourself, to never have an understanding for yourself or a very limited understanding, or so that you don't say something contradictory to the person or persons who have the quote unquote power in that institution. Um, another, Another sign that you may need to build your own table is that you find yourself looking to run your household by someone else outside of God 
and maybe wise counsel of your friends, but specifically one person, your pastor, whatever the case may be, in order to like make moves in your life. Like, man, before I get this. No, 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 no. Say say it again. Repeat this again. Go slow. Go ahead. You you got me hyped up and now you want me to slow down. What you want me to do, bro? No, but no, I'm saying you're making a great point, but I don't want people to miss it. Go ahead. I'm I'm looking out for the people. You're right. I got you. We on the same page. Go ahead, bro. Right. I'm I'm being selfish. Um, Thank you. So to say it a different way, we as individuals have the ability to go before the Lord, to, to, to read word, to, to go in prayer and for him to speak to us in such a way that we can make decisions, not necessarily outside of community, but you don't have to go to a leader, a person, an elder and say, Hey, you make this decision for me. Mm. A lot of institutions, when we, when we were at a place where we're seeking a seat and when we actually need to build a new table, we find ourselves looking to someone outside of God, even if it's subconsciously, to make decisions for us. So we'll pray, we ask God, come through, da-da-da, but secretly waiting for Brother Thompson to tell me the answer. Because Pastor Thompson is the one that hears directly from the Lord, and he's the one that can give me the answers to the things I need. That's good. And when you're in that position, when you're in that place, it's unhealthy and it's dangerous. So if you find yourself looking to someone, not again, it's again, what I'm not saying is that it's not good to get wisdom. I'm not saying it's not good to get counseling. I'm not saying it's not good to have people give you input on things. But if you cannot make a decision, especially something that's about your household and what you need to be doing for yourself without somebody else's input, that's problematic. Mm. Especially when you're looking to someone to make the decision for you. Is that is that clearer? Yeah, no, it is. It, it is clear. I think one thing that I would say is that, you know, sometimes you spend a season in a place where what they're giving is very helpful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? For sure, for sure. And that thing, again, it, you know, it, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing for you. You know, you come out of a certain type of truth, a certain type of reality, a certain type of situation that what they're selling and what they're giving wholesale, listen, every bite of it is great. Yeah, yeah. But there come a season where what they're giving is not helpful. Actually, it's harmful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. i give you a perfect example. You know, a lot of these things are built on seasons of life. Maybe you're in college, you're in whatever, right? And when you were in college, this was great. Like, you had no concern for time and all these things. Because guess what? You a broke college dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You ain't got no time. You go to class and you go home, right? Yeah. And you do whatever. Yeah. But then the season of life changes and you become professional or you become, you know, somebody's spouse, somebody's mate. And now time has to be um, rationed in a way that's very different, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But guess what? The culture of that is built in such a way it doesn't recognize that you changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So guess what? In order to stay, now you have to conform. Mm-hmm. And then you notice like, man, they have all these events and all these different things. And it's disrupting my ability to connect with my spouse, to grow my career, to do these different things, yeah, right? Yeah. And what I would say is there are seasons when, and that was great. That that really spoke to me. And I think that's a discernment piece mm-hmm. of when you need to build a table. It's like, that was perfect for where I was at. Now where I am in terms of my faith journey that's actually harmful. And the more I'm being coerced into this, it does not speak to my spiritual vitality, right? And so, mm-hmm. and let me just give one other disclaimer. I'm not speaking to 
you moving away from the fundamental tenets of your belief system. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that at all, not, right? Nope, so nope. Let, let's just, let me just be very clear with that. But what I am saying is some of the things that we're saying in black and white is really great. Mm-hmm. And if we were more honest about it, it would allow us to see that, man, we're we're creating somewhat of a dogma around these things that for people who need to create a change in order to be healthy, we won't let them because we keep telling them, you leave here, you're going to die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not true. That's not a true statement. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts as we wrap up? What do you see in culture? What do you see in these things? We have gotten to a place where our relationship with God has been hijacked by our relationships with our leaders. Okay. Is that, you You follow me? That's clear. Yeah. I'm following. Right. Go ahead. And my intent in this conversation is to help us understand and be clear that when we stand before God and have to explain ourselves, it ain't going to be what BJ told me and JP told That's me. Right. And no, like we have to take the lead in our spiritual growth and development while allowing others to be in our, in our circle, to be, in, to, that's a good word, right? That's a great to, word. To help, that's a great to help word. with accountability, to help with growth and development, all those different things. But please, I implore you, if you find yourself not having that direct relationship that's necessary for growth and development, Ooh. please, 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 please seek some help. Mm. Was that all right? It's clear. It's clear. So listen, this is a really dense topic. Yeah. And and what I would say is weeding through it is part of it is being able to grieve the change of season. You may start by having to grieve that this chapter has closed. I'm no longer going to be here. And you have to grieve that. But what I also say is sometimes you need some personal help. If you're listening, you say, man, this is a lot. I'm overwhelmed. I want to build some new tables. I have no clue what to do. Um, you can visit the buildabetterus.com website. Um, there's plenty of coaches. I love that we have so many seasoned, wise coaches. Some of them are, you know, licensed therapists and life coaches and dating coaches and just the whole nine. And make sure you schedule your initial free consultation with them um, so that they can begin to walk with you personally through some of these new table experiences. Um, also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating review. And tag us online. Um, you can find me at BJ116. And you can find you where, JP? C. John Roar, S-E-E-J-O-N-R-O-A-R. And as usual, our job is to help you become a better you. So that we can become a better us. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast.